Welcome to Music and the Church with Sarah Bariza, a monthly podcast about thinking bigger in our faith, our ministries, and our churches. I'm Dr. Sarah Bariza, a writer and musician, and today we're talking about nourishing our musical creativity. The audio for this episode comes from a workshop that I did with my local American Guild of Organists chapter. I hope that it will be inspiring and fruitful for you. Hi y'all, I'm Dr. Sarah Bariza, and I'm here to talk about nourishing our musical creativity in the midst of constraint and disruption. I want to start off with a metaphor that is kind of guiding how I'm thinking about this. When I think about musical creativity, I think of having a backyard garden, and you've got sunlight, you have the opportunity to um, amend your soil, to fertilize it, you have so many, so many things that you can do in that backyard garden. You could plant fruit, you could plant vegetables, you could plant your flowers, you could annuals and perennials, you could do all those different things, right? But here we are in a pandemic and things are totally different and we can't do a lot of what we can usually do. And I'm thinking of that as having a container garden. There are still some creative things we can be doing. In fact, there are a lot of creative things that we can be doing, but man, we do not have the the opportunities, the the kind of open-ended, ooh, what could I create, that we usually would with our backyard garden. It's not that we can't do anything with that container garden though, right? So I wanna think of this time as a way of looking at the constraints of that container garden and figuring out, well, what, what can we do that's satisfying? What can we do that is meaningful? What can we do that brings joy to our own lives, maybe joy to other people's lives? That's what I want to think about today and hopefully um, inspire you to create something out of the container garden that you didn't ask for, but that you have right now. So a little bit about me before we get started. I have been in music ministry since 1999 and uh, all across the denominational spectrum. I started out in conservative Baptist churches. I've worked in Catholic, mainline, evangelical churches. I'm Eastern Orthodox. So just all across the Christian spectrum. And I also have an academic background. I have a PhD from Duke University, and my research in that academic field has been in music and theology. I researched uh, Christian congregational music, and that's kind of where my academic interests are. These days, I work as the minister of music at the First Congregational Church of St. Louis, and I do a lot online to serve people like you, people who are musicians, who are doing doing the work of ministry in churches. I host a podcast, Music and the Church with Sarah Bariza, and I have a lot of resources on my website, sarah-bariza.com. Lots of stuff for church professionals and musicians. So that's a little bit about me and a little bit about the audio. There is an actual backhoe in my front yard right now, which is like right in front of me outside the window that I'm facing. So if you hear any construction noises, it's because there's construction going on in my actual front yard. And I thought, oh, what a what a sign of being in a pandemic that you go, well, there's a backhoe, I'm gonna keep going. And yeah, construct, uh, constraint and disruption, kind of where we are these days. So let's get started. Let's think about nourishing our musical creativity. So going with that container garden metaphor, I think that we are in the midst of constraints 
that we've never had before. We've had all kinds of constraints in the past, you know, constraints of our budget, constraints of, well, I've only got three weeks until the church service and this postlude will take me five weeks to learn. I can't do that. You know, all kinds of constraints that we would normally have. But for the most part, we haven't had constraints of not being able to do in-person music making or only being able to do that in really limited, atypical ways. We also are dealing with a lot of disruption. Um, Not so much now we're kind of at a, you know, this is bad and we're kind of just staying here place right now, at least as I'm recording this in late January. Um, But we've had so much disruption and unpredictability in our music making. Can we sing? Can we not sing? Can we have brass instruments? Can we have woodwind instruments? Can we, are we going to be meeting in person if we're worshiping? Are we going to be meeting online? What does that look like? What platforms are we going to use? How are we going to do choir rehearsal? Are we going to have children's choir? Like all those different things. Ha, that is a lot of disruption, unpredictability, and figuring out how to do that, figuring out how to make something that's musically satisfying to satisfy our own creative impulses to create music for others. That has been really, really difficult. I think that um, our, our constraints in the past have been kind of easy to forget about um, or not even realize that they are a kind of constraint. Like we know that we have constraints. We know that, well, you know, if I, if I spend the money for the guest soloist on Easter, well, I won't have as much money for lessons and carols. We know that, well, the choir loft only fits so many people. Oh, my organ only has, you know, these stops. Um, and oh, by the way, this note sticks. We, we know that we have these constraints, but we kind of, I think they can become a kind of white noise in the past and not think about, think about what it means to me, make something musically creative within that constraint. Like, well, these are the number of notes on the keyboard. This is what you got, right? Um, we don't usually think of that as a constraint, but it, but it is a constraint, right? You know, these, there are this many notes on the keyboard. This is the range that your vocalist can do. You know, if your sopranos can't hit that high A, well, you're not going to have that in your, in your anthem, right? And we, we operate with these constraints, but now we have new ones, different ones, ones that may or may not be changing depending on our work environment and our home environment. And we have to figure out like what are these constraints so that we can move forward so that we can cope with them and figure out well, what what can I do in this container garden what what are my even containers what what is my light source what's the weather like we have to f- figure out all of those things we know that there is a lot of music made out of constraint and of course there's the obvious constraints of well if you're writing for a string quartet you know the, these are the materials you're working with but we also have things like the Quartet for the End of Time by Olivier Messiaen, which was written for a much uh, very specific, uh, you know, instrumental ensemble, uh, given the the creative constraints that he was dealing with. And when I think about creating out of constraint in a really difficult time like we're in, and there's the backhoe, I think you can probably hear it. Um, When I think about making creativity out of really difficult constraints, um, a really difficult environment that we are living in. I I don't want to end up sounding like I'm advocating for like let's find the silver lining, let's uh let's uh pretend that things are better than they are. I want to acknowledge that we're dealing with a lot of really difficult things, and maybe in our personal lives, maybe they're 
you know, better or worse than other people's. We're all in different situations. Um, but I feel like it can be easy to lean into a silver lining or even to say, you know, we have to persevere. We have to achieve for the sake of achieving. We have to produce for the sake of producing. And that's not what I'm going for here at all. I'm thinking about finding satisfaction, finding meaning, finding joy, creating joy, which is not the same thing as producing for the sake of producing, right? Um, I think probably you, like me, have a musical soul. You probably find a lot of joy and meaning in making music, and you probably have since your childhood. Most most of us who do music, um, at least in an intensive way, we've been making music for our whole lives, and it is, you know, it is part of us, right? And we need food for our souls. If music is you know, the, the food of our soul, then, then we need to feed ourselves, right? We need to, we need to make that container garden work for us, at least in some kind of way. So that's, that's where I'm coming from. I'm also coming from, that's like my philosophical place of where I'm coming from. My personal place of where I'm coming from is I'm also dealing with like the, the difficulties of being in a, you know, a difficult situation. So I don't want to, I don't want to sound like I'm like, I've got like my perfect life with all my things, um, you know, and everything is, is hunky-dory in my, in my little, my little place. Um, the pandemic has been hard for all of us, um, in different ways for all of us. You know, we have different circumstances. We have different, you know, I had a baby this year. I'm, I don't think most people have a newborn at their house, an infant at their house, right? We all have difficult things in different ways. And if we are comparing ourselves, that that's not really serving us. But if we're thinking about what are my constraints, what are the things that I'm dealing with? What, what, is, what is the actual environment that I'm working with to make my container garden? Then we can, we can begin to produce something instead of being like, well, you know, they've got more, more Southern light than I do, or, you know, they got the fertilizer and I didn't, right? If we think of it that way as a way to find food for our souls in a way that works for us and not just for our neighbors. Um, it's not so much being selfish as filling ourselves up so that we can then serve other people, right? Um, sometimes leaning into what is nourishing for us can feel, can feel very selfish. Like, well, I'm doing this stuff for me, but I'm not serving my family. I'm not serving my church. I'm not whatever. But you've probably experienced it before. It's really hard to love other people out of emptiness in your own soul. And if we can fill up our own souls, if we can feed ourselves, if we can put the oxygen mask on us, then we can have room to love other people. We can have space to create beauty and joy for the people around us. So that's where we're coming from. Let's start thinking about how to find how to find nourishment, how to figure out this container garden and figure out ways to be musically satisfying right now. What we're going to do right now is basically a journaling exercise. I'm going to walk with you through a series of five questions that are designed to help you think about the constraints you actually have, the disruption you had in your life, and figure out a way forward that you feel like could bring, could bring meaning into your life, could, could feed that musical soul that you have. So we're going to go through these things. You uh, might want to actually journal as in literally write out where you're going. If you have a whiteboard, this would be the time to get out and, uh, you know, brainstorm across across that if you enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, 
colored pencils, if that is your thing, you know, go for it. Um, this might also be something to do in conversation with somebody else. If you're watching this or you have a, a friend, colleague, family member who you would like to join in with this, you could also do this in conversation. So there's lots of ways to, um, to pr proceed with these exercises. I hope that they are helpful though, and I hope that you will give time to each of these prompts. Our first question, our first thing to think about is, what are you enjoying creatively right now? What is bringing you creative joy right now? What's nourishing your soul that you're actually doing right now that you're already doing? And then another part of this question is, what have you done in the past that has brought you creative nourishment? I think we can uh, add not just music here, but other creative things because they kind of feed into each other. You might want to limit yourself to just music, but if it's helpful, you can broaden that out. And when we think about the past, I want you to not just think last March before everything set, <laughs> shut down. Like I don't want you to think just, just the recent past, but the far past. Think back to what did you enjoy creatively as a child, as a young child, as a teenager? What did you enjoy creatively um, in terms of like your musical education, in terms of groups, um, in terms of stuff that you wouldn't even really think of as like a professional musical pursuit? Maybe it's a, another musical genre that you enjoy outside of your church music making. Maybe it's, maybe it's a listening. Um, I, I want you to think, think big. What have you been enjoying creatively right now? What's bringing you joy right now? And what have you been enjoying creatively in the past, both the recent past and the much more long ago past? I want you to take a minute now and pause the show to answer this first question, either um, journaling, talking with a friend, however you want to go through this, get out your whiteboard, um, but pause the show and then come back when you're ready for the next prompt. So now let's think about the second question. What do you wish you were doing less of right now? What do you wish you were doing less of right now? And again, I'm thinking mostly musically, mostly professionally, but you know, this, you could take this question broader if you felt like that would be helpful for you. What do you wish you were doing less of? It might be helpful to think of this question both in terms of activities as well as emotions. So here's an example, activity. I wish I were doing less audio editing on my computer right now. I wish that I didn't have to do so much of it for um, the work that I'm doing for creating, um, creating stuff like this, but more, more so creating, a, creating stuff for my choir and um, the, the hymns that I create. I wish that I were doing less of that. That's an activity. But then there's also the emotions all around that. Um, I wish I spent less time worrying about what people thought. I wish that I, um, I wish that I didn't have such a narrative of, am I good at this? Am I good enough? Will people laugh at me? I wish I had less of that. So think about that. What do you wish you had less of in terms of activities and in terms of the emotions that you have, uh, the states that you're in, your moods that you're in around whatever you're doing creatively? Could be stuff that you really enjoy doing, but that you have some negative emotions around. So take some time on that. Pause this show, pause this workshop, and journal, talk with a friend, however it is, and then come back when you're ready for question number three. Let's move to question number three, which is what are your creative constraints right now? And I do mean right now because, hey, things are disrupted all the time. I want you to think about just like where, what are your actual constraints 
right now as you're filling this out. Not what they were two months ago, not what they will be two weeks from now or whatever. What are they right now? Now, as I said earlier, it's really easy to forget that we have had plenty of constraints in the past because, you know, suddenly we've got this container garden and what are we going to do with this? It's easy to forget that in the past your backyard garden had plenty of constraints of its own. Just because it was so much bigger and so many more options doesn't mean it didn't have, you know, a fence around it or what have you. So think about what are your constraints right now? And I, I want you to think about both uh, professional constraints, uh, your job, your um, volunteer ministry, however it is that you are um, doing music making right now. But I also want you to think about your personal constraints. And these are, you know, these are all over the board. What's your location? Um, do you have, you know, do you have little kids at home and you can't practice the piano during the daytime because they're doing their elementary school or what have you? Um, do you, here's, here's one that I have. I have a microphone that can only record a pretty limited dynamic range for the organ. I can't get too quiet. So I haven't recorded quiet music in about 10 months, right? That's a constraint that I'm working with. Maybe your constraints are around time limit. Maybe you've been told my preludes can only be, you know, 90 seconds long or only three hymns or only, only two stanzas of the hymn, whatever it is. Maybe you're on Zoom. Maybe you're pre-recording your service. Maybe, maybe you're in person and you can have a cantor but not a choir. What, what are those constraints that you're dealing with? For both personally and professionally. And another thing to think about with constraints that you might forget is that not every constraint you have right now is because of the pandemic, especially if you have new constraints since since this pandemic started. Um, maybe you've started a new job. Maybe your ministry team looks different. Maybe you're working with different colleagues at your church. Maybe you have a new instrument. Maybe you know, maybe the organ at your church is, uh, took the opportunity to do a bunch of repairs and you don't even have access to an instrument right now. There's all kinds of constraints that you could have that aren't even specific to the pandemic. So be really thorough as you're, as you're, we're talking about being inside the box. I think that's the title of this, you know, being inside the pandemic box. Find the actual walls of your actual box and figure out where they really are. Sometimes we can be in fear of like finding out what are, where am I really? Because um, we don't want to, we don't want to come to the truth of how difficult some things are that, you know, we might be in a really small box right now, but find out what are they, what are they actually, what is your for real box and really be realistic about it. What is the for real box that you are in right now? So take some time with that, pause the show and then come back when you're ready. So have you figured out what your actual box is right now? the actual parameters of your container garden, the for real, this is where you are. Have you figured that out? Now it's time to think about what can you actually do in that box? What is possible in that container garden, given the conditions that you have? What can you actually do? And this is the time to brainstorm big, to brainstorm maybe kind of silly, um, that, well, I'm never actually going to do this, but I could, you know, that's, even sky high kinds of stuff. Just go crazy. Think as big as you can. Think as wild as you can. What can you actually do inside this box? Your, your, what could you actually do can be, you know, maybe really different from where you are. For me, that would be something like, I don't know, learn how to play ukulele. That would be something I've never, never done, never given a lot of thought to, but that's something I could do right now. I could learn how to do that. Um, 
maybe it's radically different in the sense of learning a new new to you genre learning maybe maybe you've got a teenager in your house um, who listens to really different mu music than you do maybe this is a time that you could learn learn at least to appreciate uh, the music that they listen to I, I have some ideas and I, I want to I'm, I want to list these not so that you can do these things but so that you can think about how they uh, how they resonate with you and maybe give you some springboards. I said, take a ukulele. Maybe you would want to write a hymn tune. Maybe you want to write a chorus for your congregation right now. Maybe learn how to improvise or learn how to improvise in a different way. Start a YouTube channel. Um, revamp the choir anthem organization or maybe uh, list um, your repertoire out on a spreadsheet. Um, I have to say neither of those fill my creative bucket. So definitely not on my list, but those are creative things helpful things that you could do. Maybe that that's something that excites you. Learn a piece you've always wanted to, especially if it is um, not particularly needed for the, the church service that you do or whatever you're doing professionally. Learn something just for yourself. And maybe also in thinking about this, you could think about yourself as a listener and not just a maker of music. We are all of us people who make music, right? This is this is our, our bread and butter. This is what feeds our soul. We make music, right? But I think sometimes we forget that we're listeners too. And listening to music is an incredibly valid form. Um, I think about this especially in the sense that I don't think that I'm alone in not being someone who listens to a lot of music like as I'm uh, like working, I don't have music in the background. I know some people do. And, but for me, it's, it's so distracting to have music. Cause I'm like, Oh, music shiny. I, I've got to listen to this. Um, so I can't do that. And so then I sometimes forget, Oh, I could listen to music while I make dinner or what, what have you. I can, I can have some light music on. Right. And think about that because especially right now, we're not going to live music events. Um, so our, our usual listening has been, um, for the most part, much more limited. So don't forget to include listening as you think about what you could do inside this box. What could you do with the constraints that you have for your container garden? So take some time with this. I hope you take a lot of time. I hope you go crazy and just write all the things that you could think of um, with no judgment, with no, oh, I'd never really do this. Just write it out, whatever comes to mind. Just go wild. All right, y'all, it's time for our fifth question. You've gone wild. You've thought of all the things that you can think of. Maybe you've talked with some friends to, to feel like, to feel out what they have, what ideas that they have to kind of uh, prompt your own ideas. Now it's time to think about what you can do. What could be nourishing for you? What could bring you joy? What could bring meaning into your life? What could feed that musical soul that you have? What can you do musically? As you think about what you could do, you've got this huge list of stuff that you could do. Um, maybe some of it resonates with you. Some of it you're like, yeah, nope, never going to do that. Um, it might be helpful to think about two different categories, to think about projects and to think about practices. A project is something with a start and a finish, a beginning and an end. Learn five new pieces, learn one new piece, um, set this particular text for choir. Um, listen to an entire album, listen to one song without doing anything else. Put your headphones on, listen to one song with good, good sound quality. That's a, that's a project, right? A practice 
is, is like a habit. It's something that's ongoing um, without a specific end point. It's something, something that you do. So for instance, uh, playing through a Bach fugue every, every morning. Improvising a hymn whenever I'm at the organ bench, sit down and improvise a hymn. Maybe it is a practice like take voice lessons. Um, maybe it's the practice that I have, which is hold small child so they can bang on the piano while vocalizing because that's what I can do, right? That's a practice to just to do this thing on a regular basis um, that hopefully is musically satisfying and that adds up to something bigger. You could combine projects and practices, right? So like maybe the project is um, listen to an entire, maybe listen to an entire album track by track over the course of a week. That could be a project. And then every day you listen to one or two tracks in an undistracted kind of way. That would be the project combining with the practice. You can probably see amidst all the things that you've listed out that are um, potentially satisfying for you that you could do, um, you can probably see how they fall into bigger projects, really small projects, how they are um, projects that can be supported by practices. Maybe the project is learn to play ukulele and the practice is um, work through an exercise for 10 minutes every day. Or uh, maybe the project is learn, um, learn this uh, post lead that you've always wanted to do and or learn, learn this organ symphony, you know, let's dream big, learn this organ symphony that you always wanted to do. Um, and the practice is work on it 30 minutes, five times a week, something like that. That's how they, how they interact with each other. The practices oftentimes are supporting the projects, not always though, um, but they often, often work together. So think about it. Take, take delight in this. I hope even in doing this, this is musically nourishing for you to be thinking about the possibilities that you have. So take some time, pause the show, and think through this last prompt. What can you do that could nourish you, that could be satisfying for you, that could bring some musical delight into your life right now? What can you do with the container that, that you have, with the container garden, with the box that you're in? What can you do right now? Pause and uh, come back once you've, once you've spent some time with that prompt. All right, y'all, there we have it. We have walked through a series of prompts that are designed to help us think about what could be musically satisfying for us right now in a really difficult and strange season, a really constraining and disruptive season of our lives. What could you do that is musically satisfying, that brings you joy, that brings you delight? I hope that these exercises have helped you, one, come to terms with the reality of the container that you have, the box that you're in, um, and really radically accept it, that this is what it is right now. These are the, these are the walls that you have. This is the box. This is, this is what you got to work with. I hope that you've been able to find some peace with that. I know that I've had a difficult time uh, just coming to terms with it. This is what it is right now. Um, but when I've really come to terms with it, I've been much more at peace with it. So I, I hope that that has been similar for you. And then I hope in coming to peace with that, to radically accepting the box that we're in, I hope that you've also been able to find some hope and some inspiration in finding a path forward, in building something beautiful out of what you have, in creating, creating space for beauty, for the new, in the specific container that you have. Uh, to go back to our, our backyard garden versus container garden metaphor, um, 
I've seen some amazing container gardens. I've seen amazing container gardens on little itty bitty balconies. You know, those tiny ones where you're like, you can barely fit a chair out there. You can make an amazing container garden in that ridiculous constraint, right? And I know that all of us can find ways to musically nourish us, to feed our musical souls in the midst of probably the biggest constraint that most of us will have to deal with in our lives. Um, so I hope that this has been a hope-filled and inspiring session for you. Thank you for spending the time with me. Thank you for um, bringing your heart to these prompts. And I hope that they give you a beautiful path forward. Thank you for listening to this episode. You can find show notes at musicandthechurch.com, where you can also find lots of resources, including my free weekly newsletter and my podcast for church staff, Getting to Nimble. If you've enjoyed this show, please share it with your colleagues. The best way for them to find it is by word of mouth. And if you'd like to get in touch, send me an email at musicandthechurch at gmail.com. I'll be back next month with another episode of Music and the Church with Sarah Bariza.